This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone. Well, you would be. When the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart. You can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it. That unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Welcome to Crip Ricks I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency, true crime, natural law, the occult. No topic is off limits here. He has always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. Well, welcome, everybody. We are back. We are here with another episode of Crypt Ricks. I've been thinking and glad you guys could all join in. I uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, weather, I always give a quick little weather update here and the weather on the weekend where I live. We had a couple little warm spot hours here and there, but it was mostly cloudy, cold. And today it was no different. Uh, a little bit of warm for about an hour and then clouds rolled in and it got really cold. So I am still waiting to report when the hot spring gets here. <laughs> so I hope everybody else is having great weather because I know I, I'm looking forward to it and I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend too. So, and the start of a great week. I mean, it's a great week, another week to get some great stuff done. And so hopefully everybody's uh, going to, you know, have a great week. I hope everyone does. And just to let everyone know, I always like to start off by saying that it is listener supported here at Revolution Radio. So, 
you know, you guys are listening, all of that is what you guys make this all happen. And so it is greatly appreciated. And here at Revolution Radio, you know, we're keeping freedom alive and definitely freedom of speech live, alive and well, I should say, because, you know, they are trying to censor people who are putting out good information there. And so I think anytime you can support any platform that is all for freedom and freedom of speech and getting the great topics out there to discuss is something very much worth uh, supporting. So there's lots of great ways you can do that, guys. You can go up to the uh, at the top of the page. You can find out how to donate there. There's lots of great ways. Cryptocurrency, you can do Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. There's Ethereum. So if you know crypto is your thing, you can do it that way. We can also have Patreon where you can, you know, whatever amount that you want to do, you can do that every month and comes out of your account. And that's an awesome way to do it. And also, don't forget to check out the shop because there's lots of great merchandise in there. There's T-shirts and there's cups. A Mad Painter has been making some amazing cups for all the different hosts on Revolution Radio. So definitely check those out because he's doing a great job and they are very cool. And so what a great way to, you know, support some of your favorite hosts on here and support the channel. So anybody who's donating, it's greatly appreciated. Everybody who has donated, thank you so much because you are making a difference in helping, you know, to fight against uh, keeping freedom alive because they are trying to kill it and so it's a great thing to support so but enough of that i want to you know i got a great show lined up i've actually got three amazing guests lined up for uh tonight's show i've never done three guests two is the max i've done so this is going to be a first for me guys and i just you know i'm really excited to get them on there's a lot of information to cover so i'm going to get them on right away i want to welcome Mr. Will Keller, who I've had on before, you guys should uh, remember, I had him on. We were talking about freedom and natural law and a lot of great topics. And two people new to the crypt and to my show is uh, I would like to introduce them, Rob and Jen Smith. And I would like you to welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Rick. We appreciate that. Oh, great. Uh, perfect. I, I, I was a little worried. There was a lag. I was like, oh, no, they can't. Something went wrong. But no, that's great. I can hear you guys perfect. And, are you, and I know Will's around. I know he's actually a little busy. So he's going to be joining in when he can. And then on the second hour, he'll probably be more available to talk. So uh, if he can't say hi right now, that's cool. You know, Will, whenever you can jump in, I know you're listening. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can jump in right now. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me back, Rick. And oh. yeah, I'm, uh, I'll am i be available for a few minutes and then I'll have to... Uh, take a back seat and then i'll be back on the second hour oh perfect yeah that's great yeah i know you're busy so i really appreciate uh all three of you for coming and joining us and we're going to be talking about you know a sensitive uh topic and i've done a couple of interviews on it for my youtube channel i've spoken to will about it and that is conscious parenting and uh, i think this is a topic that uh needs to be discussed a lot more than it is and um especially uh, what's going on with the whole COVID situation and that where families were kind of forced to be put together uh, in a lot more than they normally are before COVID, I think. And uh, with homeschooling, I see that a lot of people are talking about that now. So I thought it'd be great to talk about these topics. It's a sensitive subject, but that's fine because I don't mind that. I'll I'll, I'll tackle it. I want to talk about it. It's something that needs to be talked about. Alrighty here. Okay, so I just want to talk, ask you, Jen. Now, I'm just want to uh, talk to you, uh, Robin, uh, Jen. I remember uh, I found your guys' work through the funnel conference, and you guys did a presentation that was really amazing. Uh, and I, I suggest people uh, definitely check it out. I will try to leave a link in the chat uh, for you guys to the funnel conference, so you guys can check out all the great content there and from a lot of great creators. 
And the lecture or the presentation you guys did was natural law birth, and it was breaking the karmic cycle with unassisted birth. And I found it very interesting and, you know, disturbing in a lot of ways, too, when you guys started breaking that down. So uh, I just want to give you guys, uh, you know, a big, uh, you know, ha you know, my hat's off to you for uh, bringing up this subject and talking about it during that presentation. Um, we appreciate that. Uh, I guess that's where where we feel our work is. We don't feel like enough people are talking about, you know, having a natural a natural birth or unassisted birth or or uh, a lot of people were in fear and go to hospitals. And so, right. we, you know, we discovered this with a long path, but we knew this was kind of like our calling. No one's talking about it. And if people want true freedom and they don't want to, you know, want to harm people, right, like natural law, like mm -hmm. then they, they have to be aware of these things. Because also there's there seems to be a lot of autistic kids, a lot of people with disorders, a lot of, of I mean, just about everyone now has some kind of, disease some kind of you know something i mean there's, right. there's something and so and it stems from somewhere and a lot of it actually happens at birth is my belief and for, from the research i've done uh, a lot of it comes from you know ultrasounds combined with vaccines uh combined with circumcision you know combined with whatever else the parents give them like tylenolines these other things that we shouldn't be taking and then we're wondering why our kids are so sick why they're why they're autistic you know, why they just right. moved up the age for, you know, speaking 50 words to like three years old now instead of two, you know, like they're, they're doing these things on purpose. And I just we're just trying to put this information out there and hopefully other people, you know, research it on their own. It's everyone has to do their own research and it is stuff that's hard to read. However, it has to be known. Like if we if we really want true freedom, then we have to start with our with our kids. And and, and be, even before that, you, you know, you, you have to be conscious enough to. I guess even to have kids, right? So right. we were never perfect. We discovered this, like again, making a lot of mistakes. So we're not the most conscious people in the world, and and uh, but we we're you know we're on the right path. That's what we could say, and we've for learned sure. a lot in the ways. So, oh, yeah. for sure, yeah, and and you're exactly right too. Like when like because you guys do talk about uh, conscience, conscious conscious uh, conception, which is you know which is another topic I don't think you hear a lot of people talking about either. Um, and because uh, I've always known and I don't have children myself. I've told people that on this show and on other shows, I for medical reasons, I've never been able to. So I'm, I'm learning as I'm learning from people as such as yourself and from Will and other people doing this work, because uh, I, I'm you know, I don't have that experience of raising a children, but I definitely have people in my life and around me and I see what's going on with the raising of children. And so I'm, I, you know, I can observe the results of what's going on around the world with the conscious parenting and who's doing it. And it's a, it, it is, it's a, it's a, set, a sensitive subject. I, I totally understand that. I mean, when, and um, something that's hard to talk about because I think it's, just, it's from the nature of it. And so I, what I'm curious about, and both of you can let me know, and, and Will, if you're around, you can chime in, like by all means, guys try to you know get everybody free time to talk and so what made you i'm just kind of curious what started you on this journey into looking into um this whole topic of conscious parenting and uh learning about what happens because i found your guys information during this presentation about like you were you just said like ultrasounds and the damage they can do and uh all of these topics that you were talking about that i want to get into today and so what led you and and, and jen down this path to start looking into this, like where did this happen? Jen, you want to talk about that? Where? Um, 
So um, in the in 2012, when Rob and I were pregnant with our first daughter together, um, we were attending classes at uh, the Santa Rosa JC, and Rob was taking um, a speech class, and his teacher was a really big advocate for natural birth. And um, since I was pregnant, she recommended that we watch The Business of Being Born. And so I watched that. And um, that's really what started my path for natural birth in, in a hospital. That's that's where I started. Um, and it, I had a natural birth, but we weren't um, we weren't eating very healthy. And so I had preeclampsia and I, I did have to be induced, but I I didn't get an epidural or or anything like that. Um, and then progressively, like 22 months later, we had another baby. We were still giving birth in the hospital, but um, there was no Pitocin, no IVs. Um, we did do ultrasounds, though. Um, and uh, it was still a, um, a traumatic experience just being in a hospital and mm-hmm. all the people like being in fear and not really letting me and and like my baby being able to do this on our own. So, um, like our, our, our kids are close together. So I think like, what was, I can't remember, um, maybe almost, no, it was actually exactly 18 months later. We had our third daughter and I I was, um, at a birth center, which was a lot more relaxed. Um, but I was again, still like getting ultrasounds, but we were also going into truth more. So, Rob and I, like, we, we already didn't vaccinate and stuff like that. Um, and we just kept going deeper and deeper. And I had a water birth there. But again, it was kind of like this, um, these women there that are kind of not letting you and, and your body do what it wants to do, but still controlling, like, the process of, like, okay, we just got to hurry up a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, also not letting the placenta come out when you know sometimes that's a also a very important um um experience right process like letting your body do what it needs to do they kind of rush everything right and that's true uh and and that you're very i like the way you said that about the hospitals being a traumatic experience because i that's what i when you think about it when giving birth and that i'm and like i said i'm very be patient with me guys i'm learning as i go here um and um to me, it's just it's so unnatural of a place to have birth. If I, I would, I can imagine the stress that a woman goes under, and you're in this environment where you're in this room, and you got doctors and nurses running around you, and they're sticking needles in you probably, and they're, and it's just a very, very unnatural way to give birth when you think about it. like the way the humans have been giving birth forever is, you know, it's not, it's a very intimate experience. It should be a very intimate experience, and. I like the way that you said that you you have to let your the woman's body go through certain uh, processes of this whole birth thing, of the whole birthing process. I'm trying to find a good words here. So, um, yeah, so the, through the birthing process. And when you're putting you're in that strange environment of a hospital, you're taking away that, I would assume, that intimacy. And then they are also, by doing all of, like you were saying, they're they're stopping the natural process. And that, and I have heard in the, you know, I've, that was a big thing that I heard about back, you know, a while back was, you know, water birth. And so people are look, understanding this, I think, and looking into it. But I, I do really like the way that you said that it's not a natural place, I think, for a woman to 
be comfortable and and giving birth is in a in a room of a hospital. Seems very very stressful. It would be for me. I would I would assume. Yeah, it definitely is. I remember when we were giving um when I was in labor with our our second girl. Her name's Serenity, and um there was the nurse and she was just hovering over me the whole time. Like she wanted me to sign paperwork and I'm like going through contractions. So Rob and I went and hid in the bathroom right. and she like dried me out with water. <laughs> like, um, yeah. It's just, a, it's just a, by, and by like the time we got to our, our fourth baby, um, we didn't want to do anything. We didn't want ultrasounds. We didn't want blood work. Um, we, we just didn't want to do anything. And at that point, like, I couldn't exactly tell you why I didn't want to do it. I just knew that I didn't want to. Um, but we couldn't afford a midwife. And I tried to go back to the birth center, but they wouldn't let me not have blood work done. Um, okay. And so then we went we went to a hospital place and, and found a midwife there. But because I didn't want any ultrasounds, um, and they wanted me to be te- um, have an ultrasound for placenta previa, which is when the um, when the placenta is um, in the way of your of like the birth canal. Um, and there are natural signs to know when you have that. So you you have bleeding during um, labor, and uh, she wanted me to sign a piece of paper saying that I was going that I was causing harm to myself and my baby by not having an ultrasound so I dove into I dove I I took the paperwork home I didn't sign it and um I told her that I was going to take it home and show it to my lawyer and Mm -hmm. I I started diving into research um and I found that like a lot of people that are diagnosed with placenta previa during pregnancy um most of them don't even have it. And then I, I started diving into the harm that was actually being caused by having an ultrasound. Right. So I wrote out my own paperwork and I turned it into them. Because yeah. um, that's the one thing, Jen, that you hear all the time, right? That they tell mothers this, that ultrasounds are safe. There's nothing to worry about because that's definitely what I've heard. And I mean, it's such a common thing with ultrasounds, right? They make a big deal out of it. People have parties now where they're showing the ultrasound pictures around and and so they make a big it's a big thing, but through your guys presentation, that's what started me getting like really look like I was kind of like wow, the, this is stuff that they don't tell you and can you let people know that ultrasounds they do there is side effects to these. They're not 100% safe like they try to tell people. Yeah, um, ultrasounds are, so there's a, um, there's, they, when you go to the doctors, they'll tell you that there are no human studies on ultrasounds. And there's a book by Jim West, and there are actually, um, there's 50 or more studies in China. Yeah. there's 56, but it's, it's, this book says 50, but there's about 56 studies mm. or something. Wow. But, and it's not the, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you it's off. It's okay. And, um, he, he, um, they, they did, um, like studies on these women because at the time in China, that was when they, um, could only have a certain amount of kids. Mm-hmm. So these moms were gonna, um, have to, you know, were forced to, have abortion. Because it was ethical there because they could only have one kid. Mm-hmm. So, well, 
you know. You, well, you, yeah. <laughs> really when I said that, oh my God, it's just like, you know, but, but for them to do the study in their country, they feel it's ethical because they're legally only allowed to have one kid. So okay. was, they're ethically able to test those things and we're not able to do that here. Because that's one of the things they say that it's not ethical to do human studies on ultrasounds. Um, okay. So um, he has a book and it's full of all the damage that's caused. Like, um, but what, um, there's, when a placenta attaches to the mom's uterus, there's these special little hairs. And when you first go in to, like, prove your pregnancy with that very first ultrasound, and these these studies were also done at a very low exposure, less than what the Western world uses. And there was, um, at only, like, 10 minutes, the those hairs were completely damaged. Um, wow. and, and, yeah, and, yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, and so just because I don't know this, how many, during the whole course of a pregnancy, Jen, how many ultrasounds are women getting? Like, is there a number, is there a certain amount that you have to get that, that they recommend or how does that work? From our research, we, I don't know if you're going to say this, but just from my research, it seems that women get about an average of five right now. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, uh, for people that don't know, ultrasounds came from sonar technology from the Navy. You know, like, and if you could just imagine a Navy ship just honing in on a enemy ship and they're using sonar and then they decide, well, you know, cause these, this sonar killed whales, killed, you know, killed marine life and such. Right. And then they decided, they decided to take the same technology and point it to our mom's you know, the, the, the stomachs babies. to the babies. Mm-hmm. So that's the, there is no difference in this technology. This technology is non-ionizing ra- radiation, and, and it's definitely not just harming them, but causing major, major. And see, for the females, when they do ultrasounds, the females have all their eggs when they're born. Mm-hmm. So according to researchers, you know, because I'm not one myself, like I'm not a scientist, however, they're saying that, the eggs are destroyed for like 10 generations, you know, if, if they, they can be affected. So you're, you're radiating the eggs of all the babies for, for that for generations. for generations. Wow. So, okay. That's it's scary. A, it's a big yeah. thing. Ultrasounds is probably the scariest thing you could do at the hospital. I mean, every hospital, you know, protocol interferes with, with you know, life. And so mm-hmm. that's why, that's kind of why we're doing this. Like we, we just, we're not saying, you know, don't don't take over, but don't just go out there and have a baby without this knowledge on your own. We're just saying that, you know, gather knowledge, you know, seek it out, get out of fear and get do your own research and get out of the hospitals, man. Our kids have never been to the hospital besides being born. They've never been to a dentist. Um, our, our first did. She has two kids prior to, to, to mine and they do go to public schools. They do go to hospitals because that's uh, the protocol for, you know, the father. Um, mm-hmm. But our kids never been to the hospital after birth um they've never never most of them have on you or first one did though did. but and we did do vaccines for up to 12 months excuse me i'm, I'm hiccuping and um <laughs> um however you know uh after that after i realized when i was talking to the doctor i just want to throw this in there and she said i knew more about vaccines than she did and she was our pediatrician that's when we never went back to the doctor again and right 
that, yeah, that's kind of disturbing when a doctor's telling you that or a pediatrician telling you that, that you know more about vaccines. And that's another, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is such a huge topic and so it's got so many different, um, uh, arms to it when you start looking at it and uh, your presentation does a great job of of discussing these and you know for the amount of time that you were allowed i mean it's it's hard to get all this information into one presentation and that's why i really like that you guys are saying you have to do your own research you know like just don't take your guys word for it or a book or something like that but start digging into it and doing your own research that's so important and i think it's something that's got to be discussed because i mean if that's scary. If they're doing damage to a, a, a female's eggs for all of those generations from an ultrasound, that that's pretty serious stuff. I mean, and so I, I just think that a lot of people don't even think about that. They think that they're safe, these ultrasounds, and, you know, they don't really put much thought into it. So I think it's great to have people at least thinking about it and looking into it for sure. You know, yeah, I mean, they do have warnings when you look. They say, they you know, uh, which... What is it, babe? The, um, the APA. I'm not sure. It's the APA, I think. Uh, let me see. The, the American College of, of, of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they, they do have um, warnings out there for, for uh, not using them as keepsakes. And that, or non-medical. And it's not, it's, and most things aren't, you know, aren't supposed to be used for, unless there's a medical purpose. But yet, mm-hmm. for some reason, there people go and, and get these things and they're allowed to do it. They also so, have, like, um, 3D and 4D ultrasounds now, and I can only imagine what those are doing. Like, I, I haven't really been able to find any information specifically on those ones, but um, and the studies that I have found were done at very low, um, lower than normal hospitals, so I don't even know what the, like, 4D ultrasounds are doing now. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I can imagine, yeah. Because they're increasing it, you know. Yeah, yeah they increase that's what it. I was just thinking. If they're if you're getting a clearer image and a, uh, or a more powerful image, they're definitely increasing the the power of what they're doing, right? So it's okay. doing it's obviously just in turn it's going to do more damage. I would it just makes sense to that's the way it would work. Definitely, and the the so also like one of the things the the Doppler which they use to hear the baby's heartbeat, those are extremely those are worse than ultrasounds um i i can't remember exactly how much more intense they are up to up to 100 times more they say that's just what they say wow and they have a fetoscope that they could use but i mean when we asked for one we just got lucky because there was one midwife with a fetoscope she was an older lady and she (laughs) had one but i wanted to say that uh that people don't like in case people don't know what the Doppler is. The Doppler is the one that listens to the baby's heartbeat, and they sell those online now. Yeah, I mean, you could buy those on Amazon, and people are, and you know, they're listening to their heartbeat. And you know, this is this is dangerous technology, and it's just being thrown out like you know, that it's well, safe. yeah. And if you can just buy these like on Amazon and that, like, who knows how they're making them if they're safe? I mean, like, I'm just thinking, you know, like, we all know that things you know are made very cheaply now. For the most part, and then when you start, and I'm just thinking, like, if you're going to be using something that you're just buying off a website or something like that, and, it, you know, how safe, you, you have no idea of knowing how safe it is or or the power that it's putting out. Like, you just don't know, I, I, I would think. it's That's kind of scary, <laughs> you know? Wow. 
incredible stuff and and yeah like this is so interesting to me and i and i'm, I'm thank you i always want to keep thanking you guys for coming on and uh, chatting about this because i don't hear people talking about it much and another thing that i and i just have little bullet points here because i was writing down little bullet points i found really interesting during your presentation that i spoke about your natural law birth uh breaking i just want to keep letting people know this because i want them to check it out breaking the karmic cycle with unassisted birth and i hope people do check this out it's very interesting especially if you're a parent or you want to have children this is valuable information and the one thing i found during your presentation you guys were saying that uh, natural hormones that are, are there's natural hormones that are released at birth and what i'm wondering is while you're in the hospital and you're going through the birthing process jen are they giving you stuff that's stopping that like are they kind of putting the natural way of things are they with different drugs and what they're all doing while you're giving birth are they kind of halting things that should be happening during the birthing process and they're kind of stopping it, which in turn is going to have a negative effect, I would assume. Uh, yeah. So the, the use of epidurals, um, that is, that stops your natural, um, the natural birthing hormones. Also Pitocin, um, that's synthetic oxytocin. So it's when your body gets the synthetic oxytocin, the Pitocin, it, um, it, you don't produce your own. Um, and the, the, yeah, also like when women are having cesareans, which is a huge thing now. Um, right, I was going to ask you about that, right? Yeah. 33% of women or something like that. I mean, it's huge. It's like some large number. Mm-hmm. I can't remember right. the exact percentage. It's just, it's and they're huge. almost, is it, I've heard that they're almost encouraging women to get C-sections now. Is that, am I right when I, cause I've heard people say that, that they're kind of encouraging this now. There's places like New York because, you know, the people that move faster, I would say, or, you know, that live in places and theirs are up to the highest 50%. So, you know, it depends on different places. So, you know, there's places like maybe Montana and and in Colorado, places out in the woods, there's a lot less stuff like that. But when you get into the bigger cities, man, um, things are a lot worse. Right, right. And that, so yeah, that just seems really when you're stopping the natural, cause it just makes sense, right? Like you, you, uh, women are designed to give birth, obviously. So there has got to be a process that's going on during this whole, from the start of conception right to the point where the baby's delivered. There's got to be processes going on in the woman's body that have to happen. It, it's just the way that nature is. And so it just makes total sense to me that if you're stopping these things, at certain points that have to happen you're good there's there's a reason that they have to happen and when you're stopping them there's going to be a, a negative effect and so that's really disturbing that they're you know and you guys are saying you have to let this process take its natural course yeah i think that one of the major factors besides the illusion of authority like i i think that is actually the biggest one um we go outside of ourselves instead of collecting this knowledge on our own or, you know, I also see it as my greatest um, that I'm grateful for is that like, I know this knowledge and, and my girls have seen me have an unassisted birth. And so for them to do it, it's, it is a lot more likely um, mm-hmm. that they don't have to birth in fear because there's a lot of shows where, you know, your parents are telling or whoever just our, our whole culture you know, birth hurts and we can't do right. it on our own. And we have to tell people have to tell us how to do it. Um, and I, I think that has a lot to do with it too. Um, right. 
Right. right. And it's a business, right? Like with everything else, you know, they, it's, they make a business out of it and the money they make from all these women going to the hospitals to give birth and that, like they're generating a lot of money for sure. And, um, yeah, and then and that's true. They do it. Like when you hear women, like that's the one thing I think that they fear the most is you hear about the pain of how painful it is to give birth and, and all of the you know, all the things that go along with that. And and I'm not denying it. I it sounds painful to me. I mean, I'm not. I I think anybody would agree. Like it does not sound, um, like it does just sound really painful. And I've talked to ladies that are, and women that have um given birth and they, you know some say it's a, a, a it was no problem at all it was a walk in the park basically and it just wasn't too bad and then you hear people that have a lot of complications and so i see both sides of it you know like because there is going to be complications and then maybe you do need a hospital at that time right i mean i i can see both sides of it but i mean i i agree with what you're saying that there you can do it the natural way and maybe it's something not to fear once you get educated about it and start looking into that Right. I, I think that um, a lot of the complications that ha- happen in a hospital are actually from interventions from the hospital. So we're we're giving epidurals, we're giving pitocin, we're doing all these things, and and that those you know we're we're putting monitors on laboring women, and you know we're causing all this. Not to mention, like, you know, you can't even move around in a hospital, which, you know, lying down in a bed is one of the worst positions that you could be in as a laboring mom. And so all these things that they're doing are actually the cause of the problems that are happening. And so it's the kind of like the problem reaction reaction solution, right? Mm -hmm. They're creating problems. And then. And then, you know, mom's freaking out, they're freaking out, and then they come out with a solution. And I, I'm a part of um, a couple of groups on um, Facebook for unassisted birthing, and I, I can tell you that there are a few times when, you know, things happen or and they feel like they have to go to the hospital and they go, and it's really not a, that big of a deal or, or you know, they, they – um, or it is a big deal and they just go and, you know, so there's always that option. I'm not, I'm not saying like, don't ever go there, but mm-hmm. what I am saying is that a lot of the problems are, are actually caused by, by fear or, you know, the, um, the interventions that they do. Or, or even before that, that's why we're kind of going into conscious conception is our next series that our podcasts are going to be about is that like preparing your body to have a baby. So, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's great. That's great, Rob. Let's talk about that a little bit because I I definitely don't hear people talking about that topic at all, at least on the research I've been looking at. So it's like one of the first things luckily that I got into what was uh, besides vaccines and vaccines and, and food and, 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 kind of went together for my research. And so we changed our diet was the first thing that we ever did. And so we've been eating organic food for almost, it's nine years now. You know, we're not perfect and, you know, we're not like super raw vegans or anything like that, but we have been vegan for a couple of years until our bodies like weren't doing so well. And then, you know, we went to vegetarian and we started eating meat again, you know, but the mm-hmm. point is, is that, that, that like you could be like you, um, you, you just you prepare your body so like 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 whatever that means to you and you do your own research and and you if you were going to have like a conscious being in this world and then, then there's actually you know i guess there's steps that you have to take which is preparing your body you know um even even you can go deeper i mean 
you could go, you know, you find a conscious being and another conscious being, two conscious beings come together. Uh, you do your shadow work. You guys, you know, heal as much as you can. And by you coming together, you're going to have, you're going to see everything else. And, you know, and so you get to work on all these things. And if you, if you get a chance to stay together, cause a lot of people don't, then mm-hmm. you get to work on a whole bunch more. And so, you know, our work's going on. We're, we're definitely not perfect. You know, and, but, but you're doing the work to, to get, you're doing the, you're doing the work. You're, you know, and you're trying to get better and looking into different, uh, information and, you know, doing your research. And that's a big step. I mean, that's what you have to do. So yeah, we're not, believe me, we're not perfect. I, I get it. <laughs> it's a, it's a definitely a work, you know, it's a working thing in progress that I, and I'm constantly working on myself too. And I think a lot of people are. And, but the point is you got to start doing that work. And a lot of people aren't doing that. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. Nope. Yeah. And very interesting. And, and I agree with what you're saying because like when I think about it, like the, the changes that must go through a woman's body when they, when they, when they do get pregnant and stuff. I mean, if you're not taking care of your health, which is so important and, and I'm glad you, you were kind of talking about this because I don't think a lot of people realize that like you, you have to, if your health is not good and you're not, and especially if you're not going in maybe into it for the right reasons, to have a child like i mean there's you know like some people it's unexpected or all of those things like that fall under that you know there's a lot of different uh things we could say about that and you know you have if you're, you you definitely have to be ready consciously for sure and then to get it's so important to be there and have your body uh, ready for this because of the changes that it goes through a woman's body are, must be so dramatic like when they're when they're you know in that process i just wanted to say that just on the topic that no one really wants to talk about, I guess it's, it does suck hearing that like, Oh, it wasn't planned or you know, you know. it happens. Yeah. It's be, we're being truthful. It's, it's just true. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, but when then, when you become conscious of it and then you start hearing it from everyone and like, cause people look at us cause we have four kids and sometimes we have five kids, you know, during the summer and people are like, Oh my God, you're not supposed the TV program right now is like, you're not supposed to have that many kids. Mm-hmm. So people look at us and they judge us and stuff and they say all kinds of things, but they don't know where I was going with that. that no, it's thought. true though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear exactly what you're saying, Rob. Like, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like people kind of look at you. I'm sure funny when you have that many kids and I mean, it's, I don't know why I, programming, obviously, right? That's immediately what I think of that. They're just been programmed to have that reaction and I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't get it. And they shouldn't have that reaction, obviously. I guess, like, from our research, too, about the food and stuff, like, apparently, like, GMOs are, like, changing the placenta, right? For sure, yep. And so there's a lot of things, like, the cord's getting shorter. Things are getting attached to the placenta. It's it's harder to get the placenta out. Um, There's a certain kind of – it's called Wharton's jelly – and it's it's an important part of it, and that's not there anymore. And also, the cords are getting flat, and and so it's just causing a lot of distress. Um, it could be another reason why a lot of miscarriages are happening, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's that study with the that was done on the rats, and um, eventually they couldn't even reproduce anymore. Right. And, yeah. 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 
Man, right. I was. I remember I was telling you guys when we were talking off air yesterday that I, I came across the Joe Rogan interview that he did with Dr. Uh, Shana Swans, and they were talking about plastic and the chemicals that are found in that and how they're affecting um, the sperm count in men is down like so drastically. Like this was, a, if you guys want a disturbing uh, podcast to listen to, definitely check that that one out on the Joe Rogan experience. I mean, some people love him, some people don't, but the, the point is that this doctor that he had on, uh, Dr. Swan, goes really into depth of what they're finding with the studies about plastic, like the plastic we use for our, our drinking and eating off of and microwaving and what it's doing to uh, the the body and how it's affecting uh, the sperm count and it's actually changing the DNA of, of uh, the a baby, like a baby's in the womb and stuff. It's really disturbing. I don't know if you guys have looked into that, but it goes right along with what you guys are saying about GMOs and that that is actually having a negative effect on the mother and on the on the children. You know, it's funny. We, we did watch a bunch of plastic documentaries, and we had our oldest daughter, and she passed away um, saving mm. another another girl from a runaway car. But when the last time I remember watching all was with her and and we watched all the BPA because that's what it is, right? Like, I'm not going to say the technical term, but it's definitely BPA and all these other things they're putting in the plastic. And that's why everything says BPA free now, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they've been altering our hormones. Obviously, you can look around and see that in various ways. If, if you pay attention, uh, there's definitely something going on. And yeah, men have, you know, 50% less, you know, testosterone and, and yep. women seem to have more testosterone now. So yep. if you look around. So, um, it, it was disturbing. <laughs> and, you know, and that, I mean, people can deny it all they want, but when you look into this, there's so many documentaries on this stuff. I mean, yep. the first things I did before I came to the truth movement was I watched every documentary I could on like Netflix and in any of those kind of platforms before I knew to go to other platforms, you know, so. Yeah. Same as me. Uh, yeah. I'm a documentary fanatic. I, that's if I am watching anything on the TV, it's a documentary. For sure, because I like to learn. I love learning about lots of different areas and topics and stuff like that. And so I get that. And the, kind of along the same lines, like let's touch on vaccines because I'm sure you, I know you guys have looked into that. And now, how many vaccines are, are, are like, I'm sure it's different from every country, state, and stuff like that. But when did they start giving vaccines to children after birth? Is it right away or is there a certain age limit? Like kind of walk us through and how many are these, are they giving children now? Because the research I've done, it's disturbing how many vaccines their children are getting. Just so you know, I stopped my vaccine research back in probably 2016 or 17. I studied for four or five years. And then I felt like I was on an elevator and I felt like the people in the groups, like actually in 2012, I, I was a part of all the what they call the anti-vaccine groups, and I watched them grow from a few people to thousands, and then mm-hmm. I watched them get destroyed by, uh, you know, no freedom of speech type stuff. So, uh, and they're they're gone, and the, and I guess like, um, and so my point is, is it's been a while since I've studied that stuff, so I can't remember how many they get, but I mean, just like 62 by the time they're two. I mean, it's, it's like some crazy amount. I mean, That's for right. our daughter. I spread them out and she got one every month because they just wanted to give her so many. And so I spread them out, but still it's like, that was like 12, you know? And then, but, and then they were telling us that, and this is, I visually saw this. This is what mainly did it from the reading. Cause I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I, I was reading everything that was out there, but 
because no one around me believed what I believed or was where I was reading. It was hard for me to accept. So I watched my daughter and then I watched her be sick after the vaccine and like have runny noses. And she cried for three hours a night and, and it was horrible. And then I, I, I busily saw like it was after her MMR and, and Jim was at work and, and we, we went home and we had opposite schedules. This is when she stopped working after this and I never had to work again. And, mm-hmm. um, and Anya just, she, she couldn't talk anymore and she just stayed next to me for a month. And then I knew something was wrong and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I believe these people now. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I, and the damage that they're doing is we're seeing the results of that. Right, Rob? Like, I mean, with all the cases of autism going up and all of these other conditions are definitely skyrocketing from when I was younger, for sure. And so it, there's definitely something going on there. And the amount that they're giving, that's what I found out, too, when I was doing research. The number that you said was that around that number. And I was shocked. I was like, wow, like, what is that doing to a young body? When you start introducing unnatural things like this, that that's the thing with the um, with the Doppler and the ultrasounds. They actually open up the blood brain barrier. So just imagine like a laboring woman, and she's got these. Um, they, what they do is they put these heartbeat monitors. They're called fetal monitors on the laboring woman, and then and then after that they inject, you know, hepatitis. Hep B vaccine and a and a vitamin K, which is just and their blood brain barrier. The babies is it just goes straight there, you know. I mean, wow. I remember I, I, I think it was Judy Mikovits and she talks about how like they created these vaccines and it's like a missile can hit a park bench. Like they know exactly what they're doing, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, I agree that this is definitely the an attack on on. Uh, everything that we're talking about, like, you know, they're, they're attacking the family unit in so many different ways. And so, I mean, it'll be great when we can start talking about Will to Will tonight about the conscious mm-hmm. parenting and that, because they are attacking the family unit. And what's scary is that they're attacking children before they're even born. That's the scary part is that it's not just, you know, when they're born, they're actually doing damage to children before they're even born. And that's so disturbing and something that does need to be discussed. And I, I get what you're saying. Totally, Jen. Like, they, they, they know what they're doing. That's for sure. And it's definitely by design if you start doing the research. And so it's great that you guys are talking about this. Very, uh, important. And another part, and this is a part two of the presentation that I was like, oh, I've always wondered this too. And that's, and it's a topic that, you know, we have to talk about and that's circumcision. And something that, you know, a lot of people, obviously most people I'm sure are very well aware of. And, but when you guys started talking about that and how it causes, uh, like damage, like brain damage when they, from what they're seeing and all of the negative effects of it and stuff, it was, it, it was a part of your presentation that was really disturbing to me that, you know, what goes on. And I've always wondered that too. Um, like I've always said that that doing that procedure on such a young person, like a young baby has to have do some damage, uh, like some trauma mentally to them. Even, you know, and a lot of people say, well, they don't remember it. They, you know, some kids don't cry during it. They don't feel it. I'm sure they feel it. And I'm sure there's some trauma going on. Kind of touch on that and let people know what you guys have found that this is a, you know, something that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And, and it definitely does. Cause, I think it's like it's down here in the United States at 50%, and that's that's actually pretty good. 
Right. But the only reason that it is is because it's not elective and so it's not paid for because normally the rates are around 80%. Wow. So because, because it sounds like people are waking up to it or whatever, you know, they've released statements saying, well, you know, the, the benefits outweigh the risk, but it's your choice. It's just the point is it's not paid for. And so you have to pay for your, your own pocket. And, and so we're about 50% of males still are getting circumcised and people, you know, uh, if it happened to a female in the civilized world, you know, they would mm-hmm. call that genital mutation and child abuse, you know, but for the males, they just call it circumcision. So they changed the word. It's, it's, and we use circumcision. I shouldn't have done that because, you know, circumcision is self mutilation. And I, and I should never use the word circumcision, but except for to explain what I'm talking about, I guess, because. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so there are doctors that have found and linked it to, um, all these problems that there is a guy named, mm, what is his name? Not John Reinhardt. Um, I can't think of his name. But Hold on, Neil, I'm making you dig deep in your brain. <laughs> I'm making you dig deep. <laughs> they, they, um, they've linked. Anyways, if you guys go to our, our presentation and you can see the baby picture that we put up, uh-huh. like that was disturbing. That was that picture was disturbing. It's a dissociation, and, and doctors they, have. Go ahead. Like what they do is they'll they'll they they most parents don't even go into the room that their baby is being circumcised in, and I think if they did, they'd probably stop it <laughs> if they yep. actually saw it right. So they take the baby. And they'll bring the baby back, like, you know, however long it takes to calm them down and be like, oh, your baby slept right through it. You know, that's what they'll tell you. And yeah. you're, it's just really sad. Yeah, they I, lie. I, you know, they also just, we want to just, I have to say this because they teach the doctors that, that, you know, that the babies don't feel pain, that the babies don't feel pain. And, and so they're, when they're, they're circumcising, getting the baby hard for the first time, because I'm pretty sure it's they, sexual abuse. They have to get the baby hard. They have to get an erection. Okay. So that's their first Jesus. sexual. And Great. then, and then, and, you know, they, they do this and then they see the baby cry and then just completely hysterical. And then they just, if you keep on doing that, I mean, I mean, I'm going to say this. You, there's got to be something wrong with you. I mean, if you if you realized, even though you were taught in school that because because that's what it is, that stuff's just mind control and you saw this baby in pain and then, you know, and you keep on doing that. I'm just going to call people out that there's something seriously wrong with you. Right. Like, I, I can't believe that. Yeah. Just, and it, it is. It really, and that that part of your presentation was really disturbing. And I because it's something I've actually thought about. And I and you guys kind of touch on that, too, that. It, that you're putting your baby in the shock doing this procedure, right? Like, I mean, they're so young when, like, how old are, are they when they do this procedure? Because my wife was asking me that. She's like, ask them how old they are. Like, are they, like, when do they want you to do this procedure if you're going to get it done to your, 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 uh, your baby? Well, um, I know that I, I did get my first son circumcised because I, mm-hmm. I was very unconscious. Um, they did it within 24 hours. Um, wow. Oh my God. Um, I think that it's not, it's like a selective surgery. So sometimes like that I've known someone that's gotten their son circumcised within like the first couple months. Um, and yeah. or even up to like eight or nine, you know, like, right. But I mean, 24 hours old and that's, yeah. you're doing trauma. I, you, I mean, that's the f- baby's first, like, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm actually speechless, which is, 
not easy to do. <laughs> um, but the trauma that must be going on, you know, you have this young little baby that's new to the world and that's their first that- major experience is a, a sexual assault of a sort and then massive pain. Like that you're doing trauma. Like this is crazy. It actually causes mistrust between like the, the son and the mom. No doubt. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you just let your baby have like pretty much like torture be done. It, I, it causes, you know, um, post traumatic stress, disassociation. I mean, um, there's just so many things with right. it. Yeah. And it's probably destroying the bond between the mother and the baby at a certain level, right? Like the, even though you can't yeah. see it, it's there. Yeah. That's what we believe the whole medical mm-hmm. establishment is. I, I believe this is Nazi based medical stuff. You know, the stuff that we took when we went over there and, you know, from the pills, the vaccines, uh, the mind control techniques, even when you go to a hospital and they make you get naked, you know, you just, you just, it's like sexual abuse. It I mean, is. That's a good point, Rob. I always wondered that. Yeah. <laughs> like you go to the hospital, you're going to the hospital, you're getting a procedure done that you have no reason to be naked. And then the first thing they want you to do is in a hospital gown that for some reason is odd that the whole thing's wide open and yeah. they want you naked. I, I've always thought that too, because I spent with my condition, I've spent more than enough time I ever want to see in a hospital. And it's really, I've always wondered that, like, why do I have to wear this? What is the deal with this? So I, that's really neat that you brought that up. It's got to be like some kind of submission thing. Like exactly, people feel vulnerable, and I've always been so uncomfortable. That's why, like, with my last baby, like, I just nothing. Like, you're not not doing anything to me. This is this is my birth. Right? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, and that's and that's really cool. I I I can't wait to the second hour. I'm just keeping an eye on the time because about. uh, let me just see here. Yeah, in about probably two or th- about three or four minutes, um, there'll be a break. So we'll be taking a five minute break. You'll hear the uh, bumper music, hopefully. Didn't hear it last week, but I hope I hear it this week. And then uh, they'll take a five minute break. So that way, you know, you guys can get up, stretch, get a drink or whatever. And we can definitely uh, get Will on this. I hope he can definitely be here for the second hour and we can start talking about um, uh, conscious parenting and homeschooling and stuff like that. I think that that is another really important topic that has to be talked about and uh so i'm i'm really thankful that you guys are here to talk to us about this yeah i'm sure he'll be here in, oh uh, yeah he'll be here he'll make his appearance <laughs> if, if he's not we do all those things too so oh exactly right yeah that, that's why i wanted all three of us on for sure because i think that it's amazing and and i am hearing more about homeschooling kind of like you know you hear people trying to do that more and stuff like that but it's definitely uh, there's more people sending their kids into the education system. And it's what's disturbing to me is that they're getting younger and younger as they bring, you know, now you got like, kinder, you know, it used to be kindergarten and stuff like that. Now you got pre-kindergarten and then you've got daycare. So they're definitely trying to uh, tear the family unit apart by getting the parents away from each other as much as they can through work and keeping the kids in school so you don't have that bond. And they're definitely attacking the family on all fronts. And I think that's it'll be a great discussion how to, educate people that this can be done without sending your children to school and putting them in the hands of the, basically the government education system. It it reminds me too of like co-sleeping, how like um, we're deterred from co-sleeping, but I think what it, 
is it like um we're one of the only countries that uses cribs um most other places actually promote co-sleeping um and because it's like abandonment almost or the right. cry it out um a lot of people will just let their babies just cry it out <laughs> Well, that's a big thing you hear people saying, right? Like, if your child's crying, like, don't go to them right away. Don't comfort them because you're going to make, you're going to form a bad habit is how they're selling it. So they say, let your child cry it out. That seems so unnatural to me. If I was a mother, like, I think if I was a mother, I would, I, I have to assume that, and you can answer this for me because you are a mother, that if your children's crying, you, your, your first emotion must be a need to go comfort them, not just let them yeah. cry it out. <laughs> why they're crying yeah and help them yeah yeah there's a reason why they're crying yeah yep. we've had people they don't tell cry us, for no reason we've had yep. people tell us that like um we're loving we're well they'll they'll call it spoiling great right? but yep, it's we're like, loving them too we're loving them too much yeah you love your kids too much that's what i hear yeah so uh, how do you okay <laughs> I'm thinking, how do you love your child too much? But I mean, people will come up with the craziest crap just to justify stuff. But, you know, like, I'm just checking the time. So, yeah, we're at 6.57. I'm not sure if I'm going to hear a bumper music or not. Hopefully I do. But I learned my lesson last week. So um, I'm definitely going to, if I don't hear it within the next, like, 30 seconds or so, I'm just going to go ahead and let, let everyone know that we will be back after the break. And we have uh, Rob here and we have Jen and we're going to have Will Keller with us, too. And we're talking about a lot of great topics. So we'll be back after the break, guys. Radio, freedomslips.com, number one listener supporter radio, the printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach 
That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. I will defend myself against their tyranny. Number three is my radio broadcast. I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on for expanding its sphere of influence. Hello, my name is John Wayne, and I do a broadcast here at freedomslips.com, revolution.radio, called The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. Freedom and And folks, I assure you, we are in Defense Condition 1, as we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in, and I ask that you join me every Saturday. 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right, thanks for listening while we took that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. Well, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys had a great break. Uh, now we're coming back for the second hour here, talking about a, a very important topic and one that needs to be discussed a lot more than it is currently. And we are here. I have three great guests with me. I have Rob and Jen Smith, and we have Will Keller with us. I hope I have Will Keller for the second hour. I know he's been busy with work, so welcome back, guys, for the second hour. Awesome. Thank you. Oh yeah, definitely. And I don't know if Will around. Will, if you're listening, whenever you can get a moment, just pop in and say you're available, <laughs> and we can definitely get you into this conversation, have you weigh in for sure. So he's definitely one of our. Um, uh, we love him. We actually get to physically see him, so it's really cool to be around other people that have that so much knowledge. Have so much knowledge mm-hmm. and and right. are doing the great stuff and. 
Have yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. I've learned, and his presentations are amazing. And so, yeah, I definitely have learned so much from uh, his work. And it's that's great that you guys actually get can see him in person. That would be amazing. I there's a lot of people around here that that are in my immediate area. They're not at this level. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of a disturbing when I see a lot of people in the area that I live. They're still very. Um, supporting the mask wearing and and stuff like that like they did lift the mask mandates where i live a, a few weeks back but there's still people that are actually kind of fighting to get the that the mask mandates brought back that they're really i'm happy that they were taken away and i just that just blows my mind there isn't very many people in our area actually like we we live in the same state but kind of like you know within like hours of each other but in our area, we're like the only ones really. I mean, we do have, um, friends, but well, not, not very many people that understand natural law and like the illusion of authority. And I imagine like creating communities where like we could even like just roll around on the streets, like and all go grocery shopping together or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Without well, they're, yeah. Stuff, well, I, they're not. Yeah, I, I agree. And they're not. That's because the information, there's not enough people teaching natural law and objective morality and all these topics. Right. That's the great work is trying to get people to start looking into these uh, topics and understanding them and, and apply and then, you know, bringing their alignment in with it. And then we're going to see, I think, once people start doing that, we will see the changes in the world that we want. But until we do that. Uh, and people continue to fight against it, we're going to keep getting the same, more of what we're getting, which is just slavery and, and everything that we people say they don't want. But, you know, we have to do the work within ourselves and start teaching that information before we're going to see any major changes. I think it's actually very important to put that people, we've talked to someone recently, and a lot of people think that we're not supposed to put this out there, no one's going to get it. But I see as we go into deeper slavery, you know, and deeper slavery and deeper slavery. Everyone has their 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 limits. line, their limit, and mm-hmm. they drew this limit, like the guns or you know their church or whatever it is, and you know, and then they stand up for it eventually, right? Or you're stuck in your home for four years or whatever. Someone, yep. you know, whatever line it is, you know, well, we wore masks. Because we went to stores and they wouldn't let us in, and we went to a few stores and no one would let us get food and. Eventually, we just, and you know, we fought with them, and we were like, look, are you a doctor? They're like, no. Then I was like, you can't give out medical advice. That's a that's a medical device. It mm-hmm. is labeled by the FDA as a medical device, and you're, you're you know, giving out medical advice, and they're saying it's against the law. And then I was like, you're, are you a lawyer? You know, like, you're giving out legal advice. That's against the law, you know? Right. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, but so if we, we did. Our kids have never worn a mask, but we had to in order to get food it's just you know they don't force enough food. yeah 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 and that that was my line in the sand what really opened my eyes and i've said this to you on many of my shows that with the whole covid lockdowns and all of the what they did to the whole world by shutting it all down uh was the kick in the ass that i needed to start getting out and, and making my voice heard because i i couldn't believe you know, that what they did, how quickly they did it and how people just didn't really seem to like some people were questioning things, but 99 percent of people went along with it and really, you know, didn't fight back at all. And when I saw how quickly humanity as a whole rolled over just to, you know, the fear that they were spreading. And that's when I was like, wow, we, the mind control is 
very well into effect. The social engineers of the world have done their job well because people are, you know, and there's still people fighting, like I said, to get the mask mandates brought back. And there's still, it's, it's a crazy. And that's what the kick in the ass I needed to get out there and start actually talking about it more. So it's got to be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. And the thing that we can talk about, because now we can kind of talk about homeschooling and that, I, like, it's like I keep trying to say, it's so much to cram in just two hours. So I want to kind of touch on everything that I can a little bit. And hopefully people will start looking into it further after this uh, program, uh, after the show. And so, and a lot of people I've talked to said that didn't COVID help with all the restrictions and bringing the families, they had to be in the house and they were all together, that that was helping the family unit. And I, and I always say, no, it, like it wasn't because before COVID, this family structure was such uh, most cases where families weren't spending a whole lot of time, not quality time together, right? Maybe a, an hour or two in the morning and maybe an hour or two at night at best. But, you know, if the parents are out working, the children are at school, all and after and so then when you're forced these families to all come together and be forced to live in this house together it was very unnatural for a lot of families to be stuck together like that for you know days and months and now years on end and it did more damage like i know in my area that the divorce rate is skyrocketing uh all like suicide rates are going up it's there's a been a big it didn't bring families closer together in a lot of cases. I'm sure in some it did, but not in all cases. It did damage for sure. Well, I just want to get your thoughts. So I just want to say that we, we've kind of been, we've been on this path for a while and, and ours was to be minimalist and that kind of thing. And we were getting signs and all the documentaries on Netflix. I mean, if you watched them all, you would want to, you know, not leave a trace behind, you know, not, you know, you know, uh, don't use plastic. Like if you watch them all, like you start like changing the way that you are. Mm-hmm. And, and um, well, we like, even before the, the whole COVID thing, we were already like, we weren't, we, we already knew that we weren't going to send the kids to school, public school, because, um, well, we just don't really leave our, our kids with anyone strangers. Like you're pretty much, you would never drop your kid off with a stranger except for public school. Right. Uh, and so we already knew that. And we did, we did, um, we did homeschooling for a couple of years. I, um, I looked up some, uh, some of the trivia, trivium, um, suggestions for homeschooling. Um, and one of them was Jesse Wise. So I, I was doing, um, the well-trained mind curriculum. But um, it was still a, it was still a fight. I felt like I was still forcing them to do things, and so just recently we've actually gone into unschooling, where we actually um we're not doing a curriculum, we're just kind of letting the the girls because they're the ones that are like school age decide what they want to learn about and just kind of um like harnessing that and going with whatever they want to know right right and and i can see that and that because that that's the one thing i find jen that's very i've always found weird about school too and was a problem for me is that they they have a there's a couple things here moving parts that they're putting children in, in schools a lot younger as i was saying before the break that you got now you, you used to be kindergarten and now they got pre-kindergarten and then they got you're putting them with daycares now so and so you're you're 
losing contact with your child a lot earlier now than before. And um, what I'm like, and so I, I get, I, I think that's a great way to teach because I've always said that trying to get, like I, for me when I was in school, we were like from eight in the morning till I think it was like three thirty in the afternoon, if I remember, and that you were constantly learning and it's not natural to learn like constantly cramming the brain full of information for that many hours every day for months and months and months on end. It's like, it's, you can't learn. That's not the way the brain's designed to learn. You need time to learn stuff and then take it in and think about it, come to your own conclusions and stuff. And it's just very unnatural the way that schooling system is set up where you're jumping from one subject to the next subject to the next subject and just cramming all this information in is, it's not a good thing. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's also, um, you can't question it. If you have oh, questions, for sure, yeah. go <laughs> against what they're saying, you know, like that's just, that's not allowed. Um, and I, it's, it's indoctrination really. I mean, they have it set up for, for a purpose. The, I mean, it's, it's one of the mind control techniques is, is separating you from, you know, wherever your parents or you know, your family, yeah. like what military does in boot camp or, or doctors do or any, anything that you can think of, they separate you, they shove knowledge down you. You don't get to learn on your own. It's just, it's just memorization. So it's, yeah. they're telling you that they're the authority on whatever knowledge it is you're learning. And then you have to repeat it back and you have to be good at repeating it back, you know, and, uh, that, and that's, that's all, all these things are. So, it's it's a definitely a form of mind control, especially school, because they're separating you from your parent. Like you know, the ancient cultures, the kids were always around. They they watched their you know their community because they're their, cause they yeah, were their communities. I was th- right. That's what I was going to say. Their communities, and then they would choose where they wanted to help out at, and and when they asked, you know, when they said, "Hey, I want to help you," then they were ready. They're willing. They wanted to help and because they wanted to they're you know they're more involved they're more involved and they want it's like i can give you an example of why one of the reasons we're into unschooling this is anya our oldest together our oldest she's nine when she was about five or four it, mm. it's hard it was, she was like four or five years old she asked for a helmet and a bicycle and she said i think we had the bike but we didn't have a helmet mm-hmm. and, and she'd never rode it and she's never been on any kind of bike ever and then she they said, had no training wheels. they had no training wheels. And she said, buy me a helmet. I'm ready to ride the bike. <laughs> and and I, two ladies later, I buy the helmet. I stick her on it and I just push her one time and she rides it. And, and, and it's just like, because she was willing to do it, she wasn't in fear. She had a helmet to protect her head and she chose to do it and she wanted to do it on her own time. And, and I've never seen someone learn so fast. <laughs> so it was yeah, just that's one incredible. Push. One push. That was it. She already knew how to do it. Wow. I don't know. So yeah, just yeah. So it's when the child chooses to 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 want to learn, then then they will learn, and you can't stop them either. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's so true too. And and I think that the greatest uh, school, the greatest classroom, is the world. Right? Like uh, outside and in the world and and doing things like that. And it's just such an unnatural. I've always thought that it's such an unnatural way. For a young mind, uh, and like I said, they keep bringing them back into school earlier and earlier now that it's not a natural way to learn the way they do it. And so you could definitely tell that there's an, a hidden agenda behind the way that they're doing the schooling system. And I agree with what you're saying. It's getting you used to that authority figure 
don't question authority because I like I've told people on this show I've gotten in trouble uh, so much in public school because I was in a, a Catholic public school and I would always question the the teacher I would question the priest so I was always spending time in the in the principal's office because I was questioning authority and they would center me out in the classroom I'd have to get and stand in front of the class and the teacher would be giving me you know crap because I was asking like, being a troublemaker is what they called it when you were asked questions and I just it's such an unnatural thing what they're doing, and so I think homeschooling is the way to do it for sure. If 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 you if you're willing to make the sacrifice, because I and that's one thing I like to hear you guys kind of talk about is that because I talk to parents that do have children, and I'm like, why don't you homeschool? Like I I that's what I would do if I had children. I know I would 100. percent And I, what I hear from a lot of parents is they don't have the time. They're too busy with their job trying to make ends meet and you know keep food on the table and pay their bills and all of those things. So they're like, where, where would I ever have time to be teaching my children at home? And I think that they think that homeschooling is teaching the same thing the schools are for the same amount of hours in your home. And, and I, so can you guys kind of explain that that's not what you mean by homeschooling? Totally. Like we didn't do that. So um, to us, homeschooling is, uh, I mean, it's just imagine if there was no authority out there, you know, watching you. And, and uh, who cared as long as you're teaching your kids morals and values and principles, how to, how to, how to be responsible and yeah. clean up after themselves mm-hmm. and and uh, be kind. Like, what's more important than that? You know, and then, you know, all the other stuff comes after. So, so that's those are I mean, shoot, we're not good at that. OK, but we try. And then, <laughs> you know, the rest, the rest of the stuff comes out afterwards, math, you know, in English. And so, you know, our daughter's nine. Jen taught her how to read. I'm teaching the seven year old how to read. Um, when she wants to, and she's about to be ready again. We teach phonetics, like like um, uh, not the way they taught in school, but you know, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're going to. I, I, and you, I do, you, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um. So I just wanted to say, like, um. So I went when um after my oldest daughter died, and I I was pregnant with our third, mine and Rob's third daughter. And we decided that um, I was going to stay home with the kids. And I had been working the whole time. And it is a hard transition. Like during the pandemic or, you know, whatever we want to call it, um, I did see a lot of parents like almost complaining and couldn't wait for their kids to go back to school. Mm. Um, And it's, it's actually sad because we have our kids and then we just give them away like and then we almost like there are responsibilities like we are and that's what it really boils down to is self-responsibility like we brought this life into this into this world and we're responsible for teaching them not not anyone else um it took me you know a, a while to be okay with that because of all my you know conditioning um but today i would never choose anything other than that yeah, you were talking about how people were getting together or, you know, during this and, and they just couldn't, they couldn't be happy, but we were already prepared for this. We've been a really like attachment parent family. We were always close. We ended up being, we were living in a trailer right now, so we're really, really close. <laughs> um, we lost our fire last year and lost everything we own. And so. Oh, sorry. Right sorry now. to hear that. So for us, like this We've is been doing this for this, a long time. This is doing, yeah. <laughs> and so we, we don't have the same issues as other people. We're we're just really close. So right, right, and that and that's what Jen was saying is so true because I remember 
the first couple months of the of this pandemic and people i was watching like youtube videos of parents and they were losing their mind like they were like i can't i you know i can't have parent i can't be watching my kid all day and all night how am i supposed to do this we got to get them back into school right away because uh i can't handle it you know i need my me time and stuff like that and i'm thinking wow like they really uh need the government and the state and everything to raise their kids like they they don't know how to be a parent they're not, they're only a parent maybe two or three hours out of the whole day and then the rest of the time that they're it's in the school system incredible we're the opposite i don't think anyone's watched our kids for like seven years and like it's, like it's, so you know i wish that we had some conscious beings that we trusted and our group is the funnel conference people we met you know dom is from canada and vienna is from uh, LA, yeah. but the rest of us have met because we're, we're close enough together to get together. And so, you know, I wish I could start a community with these, these like-minded people because I do trust them. I, I know who they are. I know mm-hmm. what they're about. And, and I wish that I had more support. Our families, we don't have family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and it is hard. You were, were talking about, you know, how hard is it to do this? Yeah, we sacrifice a lot. Like, gin doesn't work. So what does that mean? That means we don't get to have a big fat mansion and you know drive nice cars and we have one car and we live in a trailer but but the things that we get from being with our kids and our kids being with us and 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 we know that the things we're teaching them they're mirrors of us because the you know so they teach us because (laughs) man yeah yeah we can't there is no one watching them (laughs) there there is no blaming someone else for teaching them something because it's a uh, pretty much, you know, ninety percent us besides our personality. I mean, so right, and that's that's so true too because, um, yeah, I like, I mean, it's great that you, like I hear what you say about the community thing too. Like, it's so incredible that you know you guys and you guys realize that. That's uh, I'm so glad you said that, Rob. That sacrifices have to be made, and that is the one thing that people I find with children are not willing to do. Are you willing to make the sacrifice of your comforts to have a, a to raise your child and raise them morally and and be hands on with them as much as you can. Or what are you willing to sacrifice to do that? As you said, do you want? Are you willing to sacrifice that mansion and having you know three cars and a boat and all of these other things? Or are you willing to sacrifice all of that to raise your child? And because you, like Jen said, you brought this child into the world and you are responsible for it. And are you willing to make these sacrifices? And not just hand your child over to a government system that is going to destroy them. I mean, and, and people are not willing. And sadly, most people I see are not willing to make that sacrifice. Yeah, not enough. Yeah. There's yeah. just not enough doing it. And, and, and the one thing that they're not teaching, <laughs> I can guarantee in the school systems that because we're talking about homeschooling is are they really teaching objective uh you know the difference uh between objective uh more you know objective right and wrong objective morality which you know same thing and stuff like that are they really teaching that in our schools and they're not i mean i don't think they're teaching our kids anything along that lines they're actually teaching them to be more relativist and satanist and and these people aren't even wise to know what they're teaching unfortunately yep. so 100 percent yeah and yep. Yep. it's uh it so is early on so we also don't lie to our kids about things like santa claus and the tooth fairy and, and we knew like before we were very involved in the truth movement like we knew from both of our past that we didn't want to do these things and so we've done 
you know, good in some areas. And I'm not saying we're perfect, but there's some areas that I know that we did great in, you know, not lying to them like that. And we've also, we've also let them be free. Um, they're, they're barefooters. So we've been kicked out of stores a couple times and, um, not even been let into stores a couple times. Um, and, and so I think that's cool too, because they're actually learning, um, like, we, we have a right to be however we want. If we don't want to wear shoes, we're not causing harm to anyone, you know? And so even that aspect is a good learning process for them. Mm-hmm. Right. It looks yeah. like Will, yeah. Rick. Looks like What's, Will came for me. Oh, is Will, are you with us, Will? <laughs> yes, I am here. My, my oh, apolo- my God. My apologies. It's been, a, it's been a hell of a Monday. It's a classic Monday for me. <laughs> oh, for sure. Thank you for being able to join us. I know you're busy, so I'm super appreciative that you uh, appreciate that you came to join us. And so I know you've been listening. So, you know, weigh in, man. What do you I want to hear your thoughts on what we've been discussing and uh, what you some suggestions, what, you know, all of that good stuff. Will. yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I actually I wasn't listening. I was in my last job and I had no cell service. So that's oh, why no. I off the call. That's okay. I'm, I'm available now. So, uh, Ex- you know, talking about conscious parenting, and uh, I'll just say a couple really important, crucial points when it comes to conscious parenting. And um, it's all about rights and morality, which are principles. And forgive me if you guys already touched on this, but yep. um, it comes down to the programming and conditioning of the parent. A conscious parent is one who can bring light to the darkness of ignorance and look at look at themselves in the mirror and analyze their own programming and conditioning and and uh, work to to eliminate that because this is the thing in today's age generational mind control is prevalent this is the the root of it all parents mm-hmm. are passing their their baggage, their emotional baggage. This is psychological transference, right? They're, they're giving it to their kids and their kids grow up and give it to their kids, so on and so on. This is how false belief systems like the belief in authority is so prevalent and it's getting worse. It's due to incorrect uh, parenting. And that's hard for a lot of people to, to hear, but that's the truth, right? Yeah. And when, like, I'm sure, you know, Jen and Rob got into some of the details of uh, even the medical industry when it comes to birthing and stuff, right? Yeah, like, very disturbing. Very disturbing what we people, were talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, this the only way a parent is going to become conscious, which is awareness and see the patterns of what's going on in the world, is to look and sacrifice the time and attention and look into it for, for themselves, if they don't, who's directly responsible? The children. So for, for uh, an example, when all the lockdowns were happening with the, you know, the mask mandates and all this stuff, you saw all these, all these parents getting together and, and protesting down at like the school district uh, buildings, right? Mm-hmm. Take the masks off our children. That is the programming and conditioning. They're asking a perceived authority like the school district, to take the masks off their children, when in reality, it comes down to responsibility and morality. The parents should have yanked their kids out of school because they are the ones that are facilitating their experience. The responsibility, their ability to respond is on them. 
Right. So the belief in authority is one of the, uh, the, the most rooted and detrimental ideologies, religions, and belief systems that we have nowadays. And this is, uh, you know, the root of the problem. This is why people look to government and they think there's a political solution, right? When in reality, mm-hmm. it's a dialectic. They're just controlling your perception and your behavior to get you to, to act accordingly and to comply. So, um, People say when you start getting into all the details of the social engineers and the people behind the veil and the uh, the technocratic state, right? All these 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 dark elements. And people always ask, like, is everyone in on it? Like, how could that be? It's so it's so mind blowing to someone. And the yeah. answer is yes, everyone is in on it, and I'll ex- I'll explain how. Okay. The majority of people, but celebrate Christmas. And they believe or they, you know, they participate in the belief in Santa Claus, right? They tell their children, there's a, San- there's a Santa Claus. He's watching you. He's watching your behavior. You better be good, right? That is mm-hmm. obviously an, an illusory uh, belief system. It's not based in reality, just like the belief in authority. But here's the thing. At some point, the kids start to grow up. You know, and they figure out there's no Santa Claus. This is just an illusion. This is a mind control tactic that their parents used on them. But what do they do? They grow up and they have kids and they do it to their kids as well. Right. That is an example of the belief in authority or the belief that rights come from government or the belief in education is only through government schooling. So this is all illusory, and um, and this is the type of programming and conditioning that parents need to ask themselves the basic questions: What do I believe in? Why do I believe in this? What do I support? What are my principles? Because this is going to directly affect the children, and the children are going to pass it down generationally. For sure, a hundred percent. I agree, a hundred percent. Well. It was so well said, and that that's the scary part is that I think a lot of the parents are not willing to to do that work on themselves from what I can tell and they and they are instead of doing that work, they're just handing their children off at such a and I was saying to to Rob and Jen earlier, what's disturbing is how young parents now are are giving up their their children to the system. Right. Like, I mean, it used to be kindergarten and then, you know, yet and so on. But now you got pre-kindergarten and then you're putting them in daycare. And I try to tell people this is all by design to try to get you away to separate you from your child. Absolutely. And the social engineers know this. Why? 100%. Because freedom, freedom starts within the family dynamic. It always does. We, we, We all have parents, right? So a child's understanding their very beginning of experiencing freedom comes from their relationship with their parents, the family dynamic. The social engineers know this. They need to put a wedge between child and parents as early as possible. This is why parents sacrifice their children's their children to the state, right, mm-hmm. and to culture. Culture is the right, the strong arm of uh, of tyranny, right? Because you're cultivating mm-hmm. what you're cultivating a child's mind their operating system, how they view the world, and this is going to dictate their behavior. 
So, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And this, again, goes to, to programming for sure. But freedom yeah. starts within the family, and parents need to understand what objective morality is. What are the fundamental principles of being a human being? One, self-ownership. You own yourself. You're responsible for your actions. You do not own anyone else. This includes your children, parents. You do not own your kids. Exactly. You can't even you, – you shouldn't even force them to do anything, right? You should influence and inspire and guide them. And um, the second principle, obviously, is – the non-aggression principle. You owe everything one thing, and that's non-aggression. Yep. Do no harm. And the third principle is if there's harm aggressed upon you, what do you do? You, you defend yourself, the self-defense principle. And these are the principles. Is It's all encompassing in objective morality and natural rights. And this is the foundation of being a facilitator of a human being. Mm-hmm. And that is not what they're teaching in our school system, Will. <laughs> I can tell I can tell you that 100%. They're not teaching that. And I mean, and how many parents are teaching this to their children? I mean, I get what you're saying. And that's why the parents have to start doing the work on themselves and to get in align, align their, their behavior with natural law and objective morality. And until they do that, there's no, like, you, you they have to do this if they want to, to raise their children properly and not give them over to the school system and the state and the social engineers, as you said, they're, they want you separated. They want these families, they want your family separated by any, all means. Yeah. You know, people are more, they're, they're more focused on how other people see themselves. Yes. Yeah. When they should be worried about and focused on what their, how their children view them. Right. So mom and dad and, you know, there's the majority of situations is a co-parenting situation like myself. So this is again, this is very important for for uh, each parent to understand these moral principles and communicate this to the other parent. Um, and, you know, yeah. you, you're always going to be a parent. You might have your kids might be uh, adults <laughs> by now, but you still have that that influence and that inspiration by being the example. So. Right, right, and and that's the one. And we and and uh, Rob and Jen, uh, Jen and I were talking about this when when you came, when you were able to come on. I was kind of talking to them about when I talked to parents about um, educating their children and homeschooling them, and that that's the way they should do it. Get them out of the schooling system and start actually being a parent and being teaching them the right way. And I was saying like when I talk to them, uh, people I know that have children, they immediately go to they don't have time. Uh, how are they supposed to pay their bills if they're always taking care of their children? They gotta pay for their, you know, their house or their, their, you know, bills and put food on the table basically. And that's the, I hear that the most is what they're saying is that there's no time to, to teach your children. How are you supposed to teach them and school them when you, you know, you're trying to just keep a roof over the head? And I think that that's because they're looking at it as a, teaching their children the same way that the school system does. So I'd like to get your thoughts on, and maybe give some advice to parents out there. How do they get their children out of the school system and in the house and doing it the right way? Yeah, phenomenal question. Absolutely. And again, I'll bring it back to, to programming and conditioning. You, 
you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created the problem. Meaning, to know something, you must gather information and process that information, and then you can output it in behavior. So you have to do your research, but also understand that uh, the majority of people that are considering to homeschool or unschool um, or use self-directed learning, which is ultimately where you want to be, right? Um, you need to look at what you think it is. So, for uh, example, homeschooling, a lot of people think that they have to mimic the public exactly. school curriculum and system within their home, set up a room in their house, you know, and yep. their kids are <laughs> going to be in, in a seat for uh, six, seven hours, and they're going to do block schedules of, of, of uh, uh, curriculum and categories, and that's not, <laughs> that's not how the real world operates. Exactly. Learning, learning is at random times in life. Now, the only way you're going to retain any type of information where it becomes knowledge because it becomes a part of you and you retain that, that information is if you're internally motivated, right? Kids go – I mean parents are giving up their kids for seven, eight hours a day in public school for five days a week um, for 12 years, right? And they only retain a fraction of that information. And, and what yep. it actually does is it creates trauma and um, a disassociation within the psyche of the child, meaning they relate learning and education to their public school experience. And a lot of people think, well, I went to – I did high school, junior college or college, and I'm done. My education is done when learning is actually lifelong. And the world, our experience is the classroom. So right. my, my uh, suggestion for parents that want to pull their kids out, which I highly recommend, um, there are organizations. First, start simple. Start gathering information in your local area about unschooling or homeschooling groups and uh, communicate with these groups. Trust me, you're going to find – Many resources. Um, I'll give you a website. Um, David James Rodriguez. He has the homeschool leader uh, dot org. I think it is. Um, he does one on one um, uh, curriculums and, and plans to get your, your child or children out of the educational system and even graduate them early outside of government schooling as well and just his social media groups and there's a plethora of information on there he also helped uh republish john taylor gatto's books so highly recommend david james rodriguez and also uh the, the phenomenal dana martin right. um she's got a, a really great book with the radical un radical unschooling and peaceful parenting now i'll say this every family is different this is the, the, the beauty of the family dynamic. You're not going to, you know, there's not a cookie cutter way. So it is, there's a relativity to it on how a family operates, but the mm -hmm. objectivity for everyone should be moral principles, morality. Um, so yeah, look into, um, you know, there's, there's some states where the, uh, the government comes down kind of hard on parents. They want to check in with parents to make sure their parents are doing some kind of schooling and stuff. There's tons of loopholes. Um, my daughter, we homeschooled her all the way up till eight years old. 
and uh, we were still affiliated with a charter school. So it was a homeschool charter school. Our curriculum was self-directed learning, meaning whatever our daughter was into, we provided resources, support, and inspiration for her to 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 meet her needs and look into that. She's very much into animals. We got her an apprenticeship on a farm, and you know, kids are going to flip flop. It's going to they're yep. going to be into one thing, you know, for a month or two or whatever. And then they're going to go to something different, and that is great. Promote that. You know, promote questioning and promote the imagination because this is what public school uh, demotes and dims is imagination. And where we have imagination, we have creativity. And where we have creativity, we manifest. Right. Exactly. And and then and I also think that parents, when they want to start homeschooling, too, and they and, you know, I, I understand. I totally get, Will, that there are people have bills to pay. And and stuff like that. I get it. That's the world that we live in, unfortunately. And you need need to buy food for your family, so they're they're you know parents do have to work and and you know provide that way. And so I mean, Rob and I, Jen, uh, we're talking about this too. That you know sacrifices may have to be made if you want to do this properly and raise your children properly. You know, you may you know you may not be able to have a mansion and four cars and a boat and. All of these things that they're, you know, making. That's why you have to work so much is to pay for all this stuff. There, there's sacrifices that have to be made, and are you willing to make these sacrifices for your children? Absolutely. There's sacrifice in anything in life, right? Yep. The word sacrifice means to give up to, right? To give away to. So, what are you giving away to? Well, you're giving away your time and attention, which is currency, your energy. Mm-hmm. And then what are you sacrificing to, you know? So we see a lot of parents that give their children up to the state or up to culture where, you know, they're just watching TV nonstop. Um, and so, yes, there is sacrifice that will have to be made, but it it's absolutely worth it for your children. Parents need to make harder sacrifices. They're going to have to be uncomfortable. There's risk in everything. And um, we need to face those fears because the social engineers are working against us. They know that as they distract the older generations, they program and condition, they mind control the younger generations because the younger generations, the young minds are going to support, condone, and instill the, the tighter system of slavery and control mm-hmm. for the future. One hundred percent, and and I and that's uh, what I wanted to ask you too. And I, we kind of touched on this in our interview, uh, which will be premiering tomorrow night, guys, on my YouTube channel. By the way, I do have an interview with Will, uh, and we it's a video interview on my YouTube channel. We cover amazing uh, uh, topics, so definitely check that out. It'll be on tomorrow uh, evening at uh, eight p.m. It'll be premiering Eastern Standard Time on my channel. So it's an amazing interview. I hope you guys will check it out. And what I we were kind of talking about, we've talked about like on air and off air, Will, is that I see the trend of parents, and I want to get uh, Jen and Rob's take on this too, is that I'm seeing them, uh, parents letting technology raise their kids. And that is something that I find really disturbing. I've seen it firsthand with people around me is that they're letting, they're not spending time with their, their children and bringing them out in nature and teaching them or gardening or, or just spending quality time with them. They're handing them a phone. They're handing them a tablet. They're putting them in front of the TV on a video game. 
And I just want to get your thoughts because there, there's definitely going to be, we're going to see the damage and the repercussions of doing this with the young minds and our children in the future. If we, like, there's, there's going to be a, a blowback to this if we're letting technology raise our children and not doing the quality work and time with them. Yeah, I'll speak on that real quick. I'm going to let Rob and Jen touch yep, on perfect. it. Yeah, um, perfect. You know, we there's there's two ways to create change in this reality. And the first one is philosophy. This is the internal dialogue that, that you have with yourself to figure out a problem. And then the second is technology. This is the external um solution right mm-hmm. we have a problem we, we figure out the solution and then we can create technology to uh to help aid us in that problem now so uh i used to be the guy that was 100 percent anti-technology but mm-hmm. we need to understand and accept that we live in a uh a technology realm that is that's being used to control and enslave humanity so we need to understand that technology is a tool. It's not necessarily negative or positive. It's a tool. It all depends on the wielder of the tool. So for from the parental aspect, yes, I, I, I regulate technology. My daughter and I will watch a movie once in a while. She, we don't have an iPad and she doesn't, you know, stay on, on a phone or an iPad or anything like that. And we even removed our TV when she was uh, younger, all the way up till about seven. And then we brought in VHS tapes for movie nights, <laughs> right? So pretty conservative, but you know, you need to strike that balance where, um, you explain and communicate to your child what technology is. And that it can be used for, for good and bad. And, right. um, you don't want your children to be completely Luddites or illiterate to technology because unfortunately this is where this is our, our reality. It's very technological. Um, so you, we do have to strike that balance. Um, right. so. Right. And not let the technology babysit our children. (laughs) Like, you know, a lot of people, I think, do that, right? It's like, well, the child out of sight, kind of out of mind, they're happy, they're on their device, and they're kind of let that do the babysitting. And that is not exactly what you're saying. It's not the way you want to go. It's a tool and use it for the right reasons, for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And do you guys want to weigh in on this, Uh, Rob and Jen? I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on what we're talking about. You know, we, we've had ups and downs with technology ourselves. There was a couple of years where we didn't use technology at all. And I, uh, we always keep like airplane mode on and Wi-Fi off, that kind of thing. We've been doing that for years. There's a lot of studies in other countries and there's other countries that ban Wi-Fi in schools. And you, you have to look at why they do that. And, and the stuff is, you know, this stuff's definitely playing a role. And, and I, I believe. In, in what's going on with our medical reasons and all, all the disease, disease, all the diseases, can you say that word right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we, we, if we do let the girls play on the phone, like air, they're programmed to have airplane mode. And we've even let our three year old now, and I know that sounds crazy, but he plays a couple games. You know, he likes colors. He likes learning about colors. He's already known as colors since he was two, but for some reason he's still like color games. And putting puzzles together and stuff like that. But he knows at three, uh, he's not three yet, but he knows to have airplane mode on. So 
uh, supposedly, you know, you're not getting the same radiation if airplane mode's on. So hopefully it's right. true. We, so in their own literature, they say that kids under, wait, what's the age? I don't remember. It's like, like two or three. Yeah, you're not supposed to watch, watch TV. TV. Yeah, their yeah. their brain can't understand that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, you know, it's like MKUltra. Mm-hmm. I, I look at TV as straight MKUltra. It's straight programming. That's why they call it. Programming. We're <laughs> telling a vision, right? Someone's telling a vision, and they're programming you with different programs. And whatever program you like, you'll be programmed with. So it's it's just so obvious to me. So yeah, we limit the stuff too. And if we do watch something, and we're like, man, this is bad. Like we'll explain to them like the programming that's going on. Like, do you see right here what they're doing, and you know, like what they're trying to say here you know, and explain things. So, uh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. You got to be willing to spend the time to, to raise your children. Right. And not let technology do it. And I just, I just brought that up because I do, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen like children younger and younger, they got phones in their hand and tablets in their hand and they're just glued to them. And if you take that away for some reason, I've seen children have a meltdown when they take that device away, like the parent will say, you know, you, you know, I'm taking it away from you. And the, and I just saw that, the what the reaction that this child had and i'm just like this is not good like like this can't be good it, it's not and i was and i've told will before and i've told people i was very fortunate when i was raised because my mother always had me out in nature and we were going on hikes and we were gardening we were doing all of these cool things like i now don't remember spending a lot of time in the house i just remember going out and exploring the world and i think that that is really missing now and i don't think parents are taking the time or making the sacrifice to do that. And I think it's so important. So, I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, like, do you see, uh, like, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, can you let people know the benefits of homeschooling? Like, and same with you, Rob and Jen, like, can you let people know that if you do pull them out of the schooling system and let people know that there is huge benefits to doing it the right way and, and being with your child and that quality time? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I highly recommend uh, first, you know, going back to sacrifice. Right. I mean, you got to get you got to get involved with your kids, but get on their mm-hmm. level, do things that they're interested in. Um, I'm I'm very much into life skills. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So gardening, um, foraging, building stuff. This is this is real intrinsic value. Exactly. Intrinsic value. Um, comes from from nature, right? So it's it's not gold, it's not silver, it's not you know uh, paper money or anything like that. Nothing that's pre- has perceived value. And tr- real intrinsic value is life skills. It, it's so it's so important to do that, especially early on in a child's life, especially in the formative years. You you, you know promote and learn with your child. So they fall in love with learning and they understand the natural world, right? right. They, they can see the difference between social media, the artificial, the fake realm of reality versus the natural world. And I think that's, that's really important. Um, like Rob was saying, there's the television was designed to be a propaganda machine to, mm-hmm. Uh, to control and and influence uh, minds, especially young minds, and you know we see all the Disney stuff going on right now, right? Which first of all has been going on for 
for years. This is nothing new, right? right? This awareness is coming maybe for the first time for people. This is just the next stage of what they're doing. But they've been at this at these agendas for for many many years. Yeah. Um, and this is what pop culture is, right? They they want your kids' minds. Um, yeah. So absolutely, the the benefits um, is responsibility you have, mm-hmm. as a parent you have a responsibility to to uh to care for your your child um physically emotionally um and mentally which is everything spiritual that is the spiritual aspect yep. um so yeah you, you have a responsibility for that so having that awareness it, you, you have an awareness of what's going on and what's being um manufactured towards human beings nowadays so even though it is dark um that's the point is to look at the dark to bring the light of knowledge to the, to that um so yeah you got to do Perfect. you got to do your homework you got to do it right and get educated for sure and and start learning about natural law and objective morality and start teaching it now, first the adults got to learn it <laughs> that's the first step i think and then and then definitely passing it on to their children which I think is going to, you know, has to be done. And I, so I hope parents start looking into that uh, and aligning with it. And I'm just checking time. God, time flies when you're having great conversations here. So I've got about probably four minutes or so. And I just want to make sure I let every, get you guys to let everybody know where they can find you, find your work and all of that great stuff. So I'll start with you, Will, and then I'll have Rob and Jen tell everybody where they can get, find their work and all of that. So let everybody know about yourself, Will, and where they can find your presentations, your all of that good stuff. Yeah, right on. And again, you know, my apologies for jumping on late, but I'm glad I got got some words in and I appreciate you, Rick and, and Rob and Jen um, for this interview. Um, so, again, my name is Will Keller. You can go to my website, which is naturalfreedomleague.com. And uh, there's a whole bunch of resources and, and information. Uh, my partner, John Roland and I, we have a, a video podcast every Saturday, 7 p.m., Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, I also have my own individual work. I give presentations as well. Um, I have a two-part series on conscious parenting that I highly recommend people check out. Uh, you can also find my work on the OneGreatWorkNetwork.com under Will Keller, and um, and actually, uh, and then Freedom Under Natural Law is the funnel conference. And today yep. is April 11th, so it's 4:11, right? For information, and we actually announced today on social media and on the website that we are doing a funnel two. Um, that's Natural Freedom Alliance. Rob and Jen are a part of that, and uh, we're really excited. That's going to be September 10th and September 11th. So we're we have we're quite a ways away, but this is the first day that we're announcing that and. Uh, funnel to and in the title of the conference is convergence and it's a freedom conference natural law morality uh and solution based amazing i'll be still looking forward to that wow thank you so much well that is great and now up to you and uh, rob and jen where can people find your work let them know about anything you want them to know what you got coming up the floor is yours yeah so we we have only done one presentation and that was at the, the funnel conference number one. And just so the people know, it's a little dry. It was our first presentation ever. It took us like 10 hours to record that. We're up to 3.30 in the morning. So it's, it's a little dry, you know. However, you know, we got funnel two coming up. We did do it. We have done other podcasts. We don't know if we're going to release them yet. 
And so we're working on a series called Conscious Conception and, and focused on, you know, natural law principles, meaning, meaning, you know, the difference between right and wrong. So not harming your baby when your baby's born and knowing what that means and, and how to do it. And then even before that, like consciously conceiving and what that means. And so we'll be doing a series until we feel like it's, until we feel like we've got all the words out there, then we'll move on from there. So we're, we're going to be starting with morality. And we have an Odyssey channel to find our stuff. It's called Natural Law Birth. We also have YouTube. It's called Natural Law Birth. And in the Facebook page, Natural Law Birth. And we will be wow, buying perfect. the website. So we haven't created our website. Our, our, our information for now is at something called speaktruthtees.com, which is a website that we designed to for people to buy shirts. You know, I feel like that we're billboards everywhere we go. And so I found that it was easier wearing shirts that spoke things. And people would would uh, talk to me. And so I started a, a website with just, you know, government of slavery or, you know, definitions of anarchy and government. And so people would bring up conversations out in public that you would not normally uh, be able to do with people. Right. So wearing shirts, it, it brings up great conversations. So I, that's uh, so for now, our work's at speaktruthtees.com. And yet we will be buying naturallawbirth.com in the next week and developing that website. And Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And thank you. And that your con, your presentation was not dry in my opinion. It was very good and uh, lots of information. So I don't think that at all. I think it was amazing and I hope people check it out. I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to come and tackle this. I know it's a tough uh, subject and it's something that needs to be talked about and it's not talked about enough. So I want to thank you, Will Keller, for joining me. I want to thank you, Rob and Jen Smith, for coming and joining me. You guys are always welcome back, and you guys have yourself a great evening. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Rick. Thank Appreciate it. Thanks, Rick.
This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio 